0: There's this one scene where he says, and I'm gonna read it right here, it says the only permanent rule in Calvin Ball is that you can't play it the same way twice. And then Hobbs is saying, the score is still Q to 12. <laughs> so As soon as those boundaries get blurred, I'm not the
1: kind of person to go, yay, boundaries are blurred. Let's all let's have some fun.
0: You hear it said all the time at every one of these conferences I go to, and I'm saying it now too, is maybe open pedagogy is just good teaching practices.
1: Hey everybody welcome to another episode of practice pedagogy podcast in this episode episode 15 it's actually number four in our december special series chad and i sit down and we discuss the question what does open look like to us hope you enjoy anyway here we go three <laughs> two one Hey everybody, welcome back to another episode of Praxis Pedagogy Podcast. This one is on the road show. As you can see, I behind me. I am in a hotel room in the Victoria, British Columbia, ready for a BC uh-huh. campus uh, shindig. So, by the time everybody watches this and listens to this, it'll be like over because you know by the mm-hmm. time this is released, it'll be late December. So. Um, but here we are nonetheless and uh, we are ready to do uh, a marathon discussion today and we'll chop it into two. Uh, the first session, mm-hmm. Chad, is pedagogy versus andragogy and then the second one, or maybe we can just reverse them, but the second one will be, uh, what in the heck is open anyway? What is, what is open, what is open, <laughs> what does hoping mean? <laughs> <laughs> what are we hoping for? Open, <laughs> yeah. Honestly, I just didn't get up from a nap. So, w- what does open mean? Like, what it, what does it mean to be open? Like, maybe all those questions, all six of those questions, wrapped up in two episodes.
0: Yeah, that's going to be it. Would be a big one. Yeah. So, is this our first official YouTube video, or is this our second official YouTube video? You no, know,
1: that's a good question. Oh, the timeline. Let me take a look at the timeline because that that will that will tell all, right? Because. As uh, people are listening to this and not watching it, they're thinking, what do you mean you guys are doing YouTube? So we are doing YouTube and Mm -hmm. uh, we have already kind of recorded a little teaser. And so when this is released, ah, yeah. So this will be the first scheduled YouTube appearance of this podcast. Wow. Wow. Yeah. That's awesome. Yeah. Because the Rajiv one won't happen for a month after this one. So that's what happens when you record so far ahead in time. Yeah. Everything gets exactly. put in the can and then it's all done and
0: we're good to go. It's a, uh, it's first time. I mean, I'm so glad to be doing this with you because I've, whenever I've done my own podcast, it's always by, Oh shoot. I got to get an episode out by Wednesday <laughs> and it's Tuesday night. <laughs>
1: <laughs> so, well, that's why we work so well together. Right? Is, I just, uh, I tell you when yeah, to show up exactly. and tell you what to wear and you show up all pretty and we're ready to go. I do all the, <laughs> yeah, I do all the baseball cap. That's right. I do all the backdoor stuff and, uh, just get everybody in and get it all set up. And here we go. And Chad rolls in like the rock star that you are <laughs> and you oh, en- <laughs> know, the entourage, your, uh, your, your three lovely kids and that are with you and your
0: dog and cat yep. that no one likes. And yeah. Exactly. Yeah. Exactly. Yeah. I might look like a rock star right now because I got bloodshot eyes and, you know, unshaven (laughs) and all that fun stuff. But that's because I have a two month old. Wow. And a kid that's in hockey. Yeah. Exactly. In the mornings. Double whammy. Welcome to parenting. Exactly. Beautiful.
1: All right. So without further ado, let's talk about the first question What does open
0: mean? What does open mean to you, Chad? Oh man, that's you're coming out swinging on that one. I, it's you know what's funny is I totally thought we we're going to andragogy first, so that's a whole <laughs> reverse package. Oh, nice. What is open? Open is uh, it's such a broad, broad question, and I'm glad we're gonna have to take some time to obviously unpack it. Yeah. But every time I talk about open pedagogy, I always say that for as many people as in the room as you're gonna have, for as many definitions of open pedagogy, and I think the same stands for when we talk about open. Like when you think about open, you I my mind automatically goes to like open source software. Yeah. Yeah. And that software that is available to everybody Mm -hmm. that they can grab off the internet, they can take it and they can revamp it and do whatever they want with it. But it's, you know, it's open source. So it's out there for free and it's out there and we're working off the shoulders of giants when we're taking this open source software, because we're taking stuff that somebody else has already built and we're adding to it. But then what we can also do is put it back into the system, right? And then it's open source as well for somebody else to come along with. So when we talk about open education, I think it's built in a similar premise where it's, you know, we have these resources that are out there and other people have built them. And when we bring in and allow for creative commons licensing, so we, you know, we're allowed to actually take this material and revamp it, review it, revise it, redistribute it. It becomes very powerful because I can take something and put it into my own context, which alone in itself is very, very powerful. I can take a textbook and I can take the questions and actually put my own students' names in it, which I do. And they absolutely love that. Or I can make it more contextual for a Canadian context, which I do in my business class. So that just, it's it's such a powerful tool that way. And then I can release it again and put it out there for other people to take it and to iterate on it. So which gets us into, I mean, that's open educational resources, but then you get into the whole open pedagogy thing. And that's just I mean, the whole top pulls off but right there and we can talk about that in a bit, but I'd love to hear <laughs> what you think, Spencer, oh, oh, mercy. what open
1: is to you. Yeah. All right. Let's 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 roll the bus back a little bit. So for me, there's two aspects of open. So there's open resource and open pedagogy. And, and then you, you, I mean, you can throw open or critical open into there too i guess but the thing that the thing that surprises me about open and the whole discussion about open is that you're right there's so many different perspectives on what that actually means it it almost drives me batty because I am a person who likes distinctions because I like where the lines are drawn. For one, it gives me it gives me peace of mind and it also gives me freedom, right? Because if I know where the boundaries are, then I can do whatever I want to do in those boundaries. But as soon as those boundaries get blurred, I'm not the kind of person to go, "Yay, boundaries are blurred. Let's all let's have some fun." <laughs> right? I'm I'm more the guy that goes, "Okay, so like take a football field for instance. There's definite sidelines, there's definite markers on the field that tell you where you are and how far you need to go." there's a definite yeah. end zone and you know, yeah. and whether you like to keep score or not in, in games that we play, you know, that's up to you. But um, I'm the kind of guy that likes to know where the boundaries are, where the delineations are, how I keep track, how I track myself, how all the stuff. So when I run into a guy or a girl <laughs> back up, when I, when I run into a person, I'll put some backup mm-hmm. noises in that, something like tires screeching. Or whatever. Yeah. But uh, when, I, when, I run, when I run into a person who says something like, you can't define open, I kind of go, what, what, what? Like, what do you mean you can't define open? Like somehow, somewhere you have to have some kind of operating definition for open. Right. And so I'm really trying hard not to rant on this because Well, I don't want to, I don't want to become the rhino and turn everybody off. And they go, Oh, we don't want to listen to these guys anymore because they're just psycho. But, um, (laughs) it, I'm not answering your question yet, am I? So when I, when I think about open, what I really think about is, is two things, open resources and open pedagogy or open practices. So open resources to me mean everything about it is licenses, the permission side of it. What, what am I allowed to do with this, this thing? Right. Or what am I going to allow other people to do to this thing? And, Mm -hmm. you know, there's all those different licenses out there and everything from I made it. It's mine. No one can have it. You know, my ball, I'm going to go home, leave me alone to here, just take a piece. And if you like it, okay. And if you don't like it, then throw it in the garbage and do something different. I really don't care. So there's right. There's all that in between, right. And, And in between. So for me, that's the OER side of it. And the OEP thing Um, Again, that just, it's, you're right. Like it's just different for each person who does it. And, you know, we've said this a billion times that most people are already practicing to some degree openness. They just don't know it yet. Mm -hmm. And and so when we talk about open teaching practices, because we want to try and respect some of those people that are tired of hearing the pedagogy part of it. Um, Mm -hmm. but if we want to talk about open teaching practices, then again, that has a wide range to it, right? Like that, that, that could mean everything from, Hey, I'm going to take a little bit about what you do in the classroom and incorporate it into what I do in the classroom. And and I'm going to share a little bit of what I do with you. And and so there's a little bit of open all the way to, Hey, let's have the students sit down and create the rubric with me. Yeah. Like that just yeah. blows my mind that people will do that with a classroom like okay everybody sit down and we're gonna talk about how you want to get marked today and yeah. I'm not making fun of it it's just like that's what comes to my brain when I think of this co-creation especially when it comes to rubrics right because it's almost like wow like not that's not letting the opening the door to the barn that's like blowing the barn up <laughs> right and well hopefully and the horses so aren't excited anymore
0: but well, sometimes they are. And that's the whole <laughs> problem. And so you're, like you're, you're inviting them into all of this. It's, it's, it's very powerful. It,
1: yeah. There's no doubt that it's powerful, but there's a part of me goes, it can become somewhat chaotic too. And out of control. And I, and I'm not sure I like that part of it yet. Right. Mm. And, and yeah, I'm a bit of a control freak. I'll just say it out loud. I just did. So <laughs> It's, it's hard for me to let go of everything. Like, I, I don't know if you saw this or not, but a couple days ago, Jesse Stromel tweeted out this tweet that he goes, you know, he, he's hate he hates the word repository because it just, it goes against everything that he believes about openness. Right. And I'm like, because any he, and he equated it with, you know, I can't remember the, the actual quote, so I'm, I'm going to get it somewhat wrong, but he said something to the effect that he equated it to like the, a, a, a uh, an old style international banking system or something like that, where it was very transactional where you just dump stuff in and people show up and they take stuff out. Right. And, and for him, that's just like, you know, you may as well grate your fingers across a chalkboard for him. Cause that just, just goes against everything he believes in when it comes to open. And then it makes me think, okay, like, well then what does open mean then? Right. Like, I mean, does, is this stuff just float out there? And I, I was very tempted to respond to him in the tweet and go, can you help me understand this a bit more? And I don't know if he listens to our podcast. I Jesse, if you do, and, and please
0: don't <laughs> don't hate us. But I, I just don't I, don't, I don't get it. like Why he's bucking against the system like that? Like, or why he's asking those questions or even... Uh, oh, yeah. No, 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 no. I, I don't mind the like questions. It. I don't, I just... I don't mind the
1: questions because that's what I love about quote unquote openness is that, you know, we're, we're all given a voice in this space. Mm -hmm. But I just, when I hear something like that, it kind of makes me think, well then what, are we going to do? Right. We have all this material. Is is it just a different word? Is it just semantics for him? Or is it just mean, Hey, I got to, well, even like even any metaphor I can think of is a repository to a certain degree. Like, Hey, I got a, I got a basket over there. Or I got a table over there. Or I got a, I got a stick right here. You can take Yeah.
0: Like I, I don't, I don't get that. So for me, I think going back to his thing, I think for him, definitions are very, very important. And mm-hmm. so a repository has such an institutional sounding to it, sound to it. Whereas I think if somebody used that word like cooperative, right, instead of having a repository for open educational resources, which sounds very transactional. And we're trying to shift away from the transactional form of education. But we, you know, we look at our students as taking withdrawal from the knowledge that we're giving them. So I think he has an issue and I, I, I could be totally off the mark, Jesse. So if you're, again, <laughs> if you're listening, when you're on the podcast, we can talk about this. <laughs> yeah. This would be a good opportunity for us to say, Hey, Jesse, come on the
1: podcast and tell us exactly <laughs> what you meant by that. Cause, and, yeah, I, and again, I'm not Justin being disrespectful. I'm just, I just don't know. And, you know, maybe we should have them on the podcast and I'll ask them and say, Hey, yo, Jesse, what's going on? Mm-hmm. Repository, man. Like, what are you doing? And cause I, I, I'm, I'm never afraid of the question. Right. But for me, I, I just, again, I want to know the definition. Like, what, what do you mean? And if you're going to call it a co-op, okay. Uh see. And, and I'm getting into areas I haven't done my homework in, but you know, you look at even co-ops where people live. That's, that's, those are, those are subsidized situations mm-hmm. right and who subsidizes yep. them the government so yeah if we're gonna call it a co-op or a community like i don't know i think people get hung up on words too much and maybe i get hung up on the fact that there is no words to describe sometimes this stuff i i just people
0: yeah but that isn't that part of the whole to me that's part of the magic i know i'm very unlike you in the sense that I like the fact that the lines get blurred a bit and they get yeah, a little you're more crazy gray. With and that.
1: The, you you're just like, yeah. Dude, just take a just erase that a little bit here, and we'll just get rid of that.
0: Just yeah, exactly. And then there's a knock on the door, and it's hello, <laughs> <laughs> <That's> <laughs> hello, Chad. Hey guys, me again. <laughs> the best way. And I, I just called this up on my computer, so if you're watching the video, you see me looking to the left. It's it reminds me of Calvin and Hobbes. We can all relate to Calvin and Hobbes. And remember Calvin and Hobbs had a game called Calvin Ball? Uh, Do you remember this at all? No, I don't remember, but I, yeah. Yeah, I don't remember. He had, they had a game where it was like they're doing crazy things. They're both wearing masks. They're running around, like grabbing. They, one of them's got a ball. The other's got like a wicket. Where one's riding a horse. And then there's this, there's this one scene where he says, and I'm going to read it right here. It says, the only permanent rule in Calvin Ball is that you can't play it the same way twice. And then Hobbs <laughs> is saying, the score is still Q to 12. <laughs> so... <laughs> so Yeah. Yeah.
1: I I guess that's, uh, you know, I don't know if that's a problem for me. Um, Okay. So Calvin ball. So everybody who's listening. Yeah. We just suffered some more tech issues. It's driving me crazy. Um, I think I'm going to have to put some stock into a new platform and figure this stuff out. Cause I'm tired of
0: this cutting out. But anyway, you were talking about Calvin ball. <laughs> yes. And about, like I said, the only permanent <laughs> rule in Calvin ball is that you can't play it tw- twice the same way. And to me, I love that idea of this making things up on the fly and the yeah. innovative yeah. and the creative part of it. And, but I totally, I get the whole, like wanting to have, you do need to have those boundaries. You do need to have a line where you can't cross, but, I like to kind of push up and see how far I can push that line out. Sure. So that's the thing with the open. I think there's, there's two sides where there's some people that can play safe within the boundaries and other people who like to push the boundaries out a little bit. Yeah. But I think we can all be within that space and all have that conversation. And I think it's important to have those conversations. I like the fact that somebody like Jesse Stommel will go out there and say something about you know, I don't like the term repository because it gets a conversation going. And I think there's so much power in those conversations that are happening. Yeah. But much like when we we're at the open ed conference, right. And, and David Wiley announced that this was the last open ed conference that he would be running. Mm-hmm. It felt like, and I think I mentioned this before, it felt like all the air left the room, but it was only an exhale. And then on the inhale, all of a sudden, all these great conversations started happening. Yeah, that's, that's true. and, and, you know, I'm,
1: I'm, I'm happy for those conversations too. I guess sometimes I just get too, I don't know, cynical. Not cynical is the wrong word. Uh, I just start thinking about, okay, where's this going? Like, where you, mm-hmm. where are you taking this? And sometimes I don't, <laughs> to use, to use the master's mumbo jumbo language. I don't rest in the moment. Right. <laughs> well, I, <laughs> I just like, okay, so where are you going with this? And I'm trying to connect all the dots and, I'm learning to not try and connect the dots so fast to try and see what comes out of it. But, um, yeah. anyway, that's, so when we talk about open, like for me, like for me right now, open means two things. It means licenses and how I communicate that and right. and, and, and what I'm allowed to do and what I'm not allowed to do. And mm-hmm. then on the other side of it is in my practice, uh, Allen Iverson practice. Cause it's all about
0: practice. I mean, it, listen, we are talking about practice, not a game, not a game, not a game, we talking about practice
1: in my practice uh it's it's about learning as much as i can from a bunch of different people and meshing it all together okay and 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 i guess that's because a part of me is is that uh assimilator mode where i like to gather tons of different perspectives and research when when i'm doing stuff's like mm-hmm. like when i'm doing a paper or i'm doing an article or even a blog post or even a podcast for that matter. I end up going way overboard on, on information gathering and I find it really hard to narrow it down. But I like doing that because I want to make sure, and this, there's a flip side to this because I want to make sure I'm not missing anything, but that's also a, a fear that drives that, that thing that, okay, what if I miss something? Um, and so when I'm, when I'm talking about open for me in my practice, that's, that's really all about meshing together what other people are doing. So I watch people like you, I watch people like uh, Arlie, I watch people like uh, Robin. I, I, I mean, I watch a lot of people from near and afar and mm-hmm. go, okay, how can I take this principle and put it into my
0: context? Right. I love that. And I, it's like a quilt, right? Like you're taking all these. Yeah. And I think Carrie Green has that, Oh, now, my mind's mush, so I can't think of the name of it, but there's an open pedagogy patchbook, I think he calls it. Yep. Yep. And yep. it's just people sharing stories of yep. how they and of their teaching practices. And you're right. Maybe we should step away from the whole OEP type of um, definition yeah. and just start talking about. And here's a you hear it said all the time at every one of these conferences I go to, and I'm saying it now too is maybe open pedagogy is just good teaching practices. Yeah. We've heard that from a few
1: people. Right. And, yeah, and I've, I've thought about this a, a lot since I've gotten into the movement with both feet and going, I'm not sure I want to call it pedagogy because it's not, first of all, it's not, it's not directed at children. So, you know, that the whole pedagogy piece, one definition of it is, is, you know, learning, uh, understanding how children learn. Mm-hmm. Um, but uh, I think that's morphed into, you know, our own practices, how we practice our, our craft. Right. Yeah. And as tradespeople, we get that at a deep level. We understand that practice makes better. And that, and that's from you. And that's actually from one of your students from a long time ago, from a very right. old podcast. Right. Yeah. And that's one reason why, um, quite frankly, this podcast is called Praxis Pedagogy because it's all about practicing to make better. Right. Yeah. Practicing, yeah. not necessarily what we preach because some of the stuff we don't know what we're saying about, because we just we're, haven't filled in the blanks yet. Right. But right. Um, we're growing in that knowledge. So it's more about practicing what we're learning than, you know, expounding the philosophical and, and epistemological. Uh, I said that wrong, but the, the background and the structure of what pedagogy really means. So for me, right for me and I don't want to, I don't want us to jump too quick into the other topic, but I think there's a, there's a significant difference between pedagogy and andragogy. And the way I look at andragogy is
0: how do I make my practice better? Right. And before, and I think that's an awesome transition and let's just put that a pin in that. I finally got to use that term. I've always wanted to, and we'll we'll get get to that. that. (laughs) I, one thing that I want to, uh, get back and talk about is more Calvin ball. Yeah. Just kidding. As the whole idea of like what you said, there's, there's the practice, the teaching practices, and then there's the epistemology of, of our teaching. Right. So we, we have those two things and sometimes it just seems so like you have the academics over here discussing all the theories and then you have the actual teachers that are in the trenches, trying things out. Mm -hmm. And I think that we, that it needs to be married a little, little more. I think it is very important. And maybe I'm just saying this because it's something that is like a hobby and a passion of mine is, is studying stuff like pedagogy. Yeah. I, I feel like having an understanding of these, like having an understanding of constructivism, of social learning theory, of experiential learning theories, of all these learning theories has made my teaching practice better. Oh, and it's not yeah. just because it's so cerebral mm-hmm. anymore. It's just because I, I can see that there's a connection and that you can take those points and connect them. And which is why that other podcast that you and I love, that Pedagodzilla, why we, I think we love Uh-oh. it so much is that they're, they're yeah. taking these complex theories and then they're actually taking them and they're tying them into pop culture references yeah which is my jam but then it, it just makes it seem like yeah you know what there's some real meat in these theories it's not just mm-hmm. stuff that we had to like when we did our PID it was all stuff that we just had to read through right and then we'd write a paper about it and then you'd never think about it again and yeah. a lot of the yeah. our coworkers yeah. and colleagues you you mentioned constructivism to them they studied it they probably wrote a paper on it and now they have no idea what you're talking about